Welcome back, all our impactors. I think that it's been a minute since we've recorded a podcast. Actually, I know it has because I'm here for those. And, you know, we've just been going places. God's been sending us, and I've been so grateful for it. But, you know, one week after another gets a little hectic because uh, I still have a full-time job doing hair. I'm a mama. And so just finding the time to um, pray and just uh, listen to God and, and what He wants me to speak on on these weekends kind of requires a lot of time during the week, time that I really don't even have. And so I've kind of been slacking on recording, and I had someone reach out to me and said, hey, how about the podcast? Like, where'd you go? <laughs> and at the moment, I was just like, man, that is, I forgot. I didn't forget, you know, altogether, but I forgot, like, the necessity of it and how people actually care and people actually look forward to the gospel being shared on this platform. And so I want to respect that. I want to pour into that. And so thank you for reaching out to me and just being like, hey, I miss your podcast because that kind of lights a fire in me. And so a few weeks ago, I'd actually taught what I'm going to speak to you guys today about at Bible study. And it was a, a lesson that I'd literally gotten out of the archives Meaning, this lesson I had taught in youth ministry like way over two years ago. And this particular day, our It's Bigger Than You Bible study for just a little praise and shout out real quick. Jamie has gotten pretty much all the way published now our It's Bigger Than You Bible study, which is the very first Bible study we ever recorded. It was our first um, ever. And so if you go back there, you're going to laugh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to, I'm not even probably going to revisit that, but that was brutal, just sit in front of a camera. But anyway, It's Bigger Than You was all about discipleship. And if you know me, you know that's where my heart is. Like saving the lost is one thing, but discipling the saved is where the necessity lies because disciples are not born, disciples are made. And so as believers in Jesus, he asks us, go make more of them. And so I just always have just loved discipleship, still love discipleship. Y'all, this is coming alongside people, having someone come alongside you to just teach you the word of God know how to live the Word of God. Like, that's discipleship. And so with that being said, I was, because of that, because of that finally being published and about to be out on Amazon, I'm so excited for that. The Lord just had me reflect for a minute because all these conferences that we go to, I actually have in like a little makeshift homemade folder, that Bible study. But before it was those worksheets, it was actually handwritten in spirals notebooks that I have kept but and the Lord was just like go see where you've come like you're so just kind of discouraged I'm like man why is this taking so long he was like go see where you came from go reflect on that and so as I was going through all those spiral notebooks I came upon this lesson that I'm going to be sharing with you guys today and so maybe that maybe that word in itself is for you dude like maybe you need to like stop being so hard on yourself and just you want all this that you feel like God's prepared for you. But maybe God's just telling you like, look how far you've come. Go take a look back at the mom you used to be and the mom that you are now. Take a look back at the wife you used to be and the wife you are now. Take a look back at what your business looked like before you truly surrendered it to God and look at, you know, just be grateful and show gratitude and be thankful for the growth, thankful for the refinement that God's done in you. And so... Anyway, this lesson is titled, What Are You Building? And so we're going to just unpack some verses about that, about the construction of us 
the construction of our purpose, what that is, what that looks like. And so I want to start real quick in Psalms 127.1. Solomon, who actually built the temple of the Lord, the actual tabernacle for the Ark of the Covenant that had been handed down since the days of Moses, gone on to David, Joshua. I mean, many men had carried this. And so the Ark of the Covenant now resides in Solomon's temple. And so as a builder, I just wanted to reflect on that. Like, as he's writing this psalm, think about the builder, okay? He writes, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. So in vain, what does that mean? That means um, it, it of themselves, right? No, for no purpose. Um, it, it's, it's not relevant. It doesn't matter. And so if God is not in the center of it, if God is not the one given the plans, the plans are in vain. They're of yourself. They're of your own will and not the Father's will. And so with that being said for us, you know, every single day, guys, we all have a job, right? Like maybe you don't work nine to five, but you still, and you don't go to a place of employment. Maybe you're self-employed. Maybe you are a stay-at-home parent, something. But either way, you have tasks at hand. Like most of us have to get up and do something every day. You have to be productive. You have a job set before you. And so with that being said, what does your day show that you're building? You know, obviously you're doing that for an increase in finances. Where do your finances go though? What are you building? If you're going to work and you're gaining an income to spend it on what? Some of us are building materialistic things. Some of us are building new cars. Some of us are building businesses. Some of us are building our families. But what are you building? What are you striving every day? You have to receive this. Maybe it's just straight up survival. You don't really feel like there's anything to show for it, but you're here. And so what does it show that you're building? What are you working on right now? Maybe it's your home, your family, your health, your finances, your friendships, your hobbies. Like, I don't know, guys, but what is that for you? I, uh, I think that Whenever we, we, we think about these things, purpose is something that all of us need to really evaluate, you know, like not what am I doing, but why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? And so many people get to the end of retirement and they look back and like, wow, they gave me a cake. They got me a retirement cake after I've been here for 39 years. And it's just like, all for what? Because guess what? The next week somebody's being trained for what you do somebody's about to walk in what you thought was so set before you that you were just the bomb at it and no one could touch you when in all reality, you're not that valuable. And so when it comes to God, you are valuable. When it comes to the purpose God has set before you, you are really the only one that can do it because he has prepared you in advance to be able to. You are his handiwork. We know that the book of Ephesians tells us that. But is that what you're walking in or are you laboring in in vain? Are you building something that God's not wanting you to build? That's where we're going to be at today. I remember teaching this to the youth and kind of the insight I was telling them was, you know, like, have you asked God what you want to be when you grow up? Like, maybe it's not about being the sixth generation Aggie. Maybe it's not about taking over your parents' sheetrocking business. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's about asking God, like, hey, what do you want me to be whenever I grow up? Maybe he wants you to be a teacher. And you're just like, nah. I remember whenever I came and told my parents, y'all, that I wanted to be a hairstylist, my parents were both like, nah. My dad was big into corporate construction, commercial construction. My mom was huge in finance. She had worked in banking for years. 
she was the vice president of the bank. And so here I am like, hey, I want to have a beauty shop. They were like, no. Over time, obviously, they kind of got convinced because I was a failure at other things. But, you know, I think about like how what purpose God had for me in that. And like, that's why he worked it all out. So what if instead of waiting to fail to ask God, what if we started off with success by asking God, what do you want for me? Unless the Lord builds our house, y'all, our work is not coming from the right place. It's not from the right heart. When he builds it, our work is the ultimate service because he has got it and blessed it. Like he has said, do this, when, do this, how, do this with who, every single one of those steps. So when we do stuff on our own, we're trying to pick all these things on our own. And then we're mad and upset and it's all his fault because it goes into shambles whenever he didn't want you to go into business with that person. He didn't want you marrying that man or woman, you know? And so it's like, if he did not guide you to build it, you're building it out of your own selfish desire, out of your flesh. God has to direct us in order for us to be fulfilled in what we're building. This is what walking in his purpose is, like truly walking in his purpose. We are asked by him to continuously strive for things that he has not set before us. We choose to labor ourselves, not him. Like he never asked us to do that. And the thing is, it reminds me of like my kids, y'all. Mav is, um, he's eight. He used to be super, super big into Legos. And whenever he was big into Legos, my daughter was younger. She was only like two. And so he would build this entire thing and she would just come up and wreck it. Like this took him like not just minutes, but hours constructing this Lego tower. And he used to love those like kits, you know, they've like got 76,000 pieces and then you're stepping on them in the night and we're not even going to say the words that come out of your mouth when one of those hits your toe. But I think about like how he was just like, it was all for nothing. She messed it up. It was all for nothing. And so as we go throughout these scriptures, guys, think about that Lego tower. Think about all the time and effort and energy that you pour into something and then the enemy comes up and he just like, like the big bad wolf that blows your house of straw down, okay? And you want to know why? It's because it wasn't sturdy on the rock and on the foundation of Jesus Christ. It was not ordained by God. You were not anointed for that appointment. It wasn't what he had set before you. And that's why it goes to nothing. So whenever it is something that God lays on our hearts, though, God's sovereignty has to meet our responsibility. When we read about this builder, the Lord builds the house, but we have to labor, okay? And so it's like, that's another thing. People are like, oh, well, if God wanted this for me, it would just happen. Okay, well, God still collaborates with us. We are responsible for something because if we have no skin in the game, is it really going to mean much to us? Probably not. When you buy toys for your kids and you, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, well, they didn't know that it cost $27.99. They thought it cost $2.99 because you handed it to them like it did. And so we look at that so differently. When God is like, look, I want you to have skin in the game. And just because I've placed this blessing on you, I still want for you to join me. I still want for you to be a part of this. He blesses and provides and we serve. God blesses and provides and we serve some more. He blesses and provides and we serve some more and some more and some more and some more. And like you guys get the point. And if this gets out of whack, you'll get out of whack. If God blesses you and you do not serve him in return, then you labor in vain. Then you're all about a what can I get instead of who can I become. God is not a genie. He wants to build these things with us and in us and for us. But he wants for us to dedicate it back to him in return. 
So do not force things that God has not built for you. Don't serve and work for things that God has not blessed and provided. How do you know the difference? How do you know if you're like, okay, Shell, like you told me I had responsibility and I'm, I'm trying, I'm pushing, I'm going, but I just feel like I'm coming against this. Like, how do I know if this is just like a hiccup and God wants me to persevere? Or how do I know if he's removed his blessing from me? Here's how you know. Peace. Just because things are hard doesn't mean that you don't still have the peace that it's what you should be doing. If you start to question this, pray and ask. Like, am I still in alignment with you, Lord? If not, take this desire from me. Take this desire from me. I got to thinking about this Bible study getting published. I'm like, man, it's just taking forever. Like, what's going on? Like, God, if this isn't your will, like, I don't want to be an author if you don't want me to be an author. But take this desire from my heart because right now I feel like this is gold that the world is needing for discipleship because I know how much it changed my life. But if you don't want it to go to the nations, then stop it, man. You know, like pray, ask him. Like if this isn't from you, then I don't want it either, Lord. And he will. How you know if how you know the difference is if it's confusion, if it brings frustration, disunity. You know? I think that um another way to tell if it's of God and of you is if it requires you to be praised. If what you're doing makes you want to pat on the back, then it's probably not from God. Because God always does everything so that the Son may be glorified, so that the Father may be glorified through the Son. That's what scripture tells us, right? So it's like if I'm wanting this big look at me, look at me, look at me, that's gonna enable pride inside of me, judgment on people who aren't as good as me. You know what I'm saying? So as we look in the mirror and we we see the reflection coming back at us, like, let's see, does it look like that? If it does, God may not want you to have this brand new house. Because he knows that you're going to think that you're better than everybody else or be mad at them when they come over and they got mud on their shoe. Like, I don't know. But I just want for you to ask yourself, like, what, how do I know the difference in this? Okay, we're going to go to the second part of these verses. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. The watchmen stay awake. If God is not the one protecting it, you need to let it go. If God's not the one, like I talked about the Lego tower, if that Lego tower was meant to stand, like say that was, okay, prophetically, y'all follow me here. If it was like, okay, this is God's, like he gave me every single Lego, told me where to put it. He's going to guard it, y'all. He's going to protect it. And if you're trying to watch over something that God's not wanting to protect, he's going to let it be destroyed. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at Jericho. Look throughout the whole Bible. People are like, oh, well, Here's the deal. God had purpose in those defeats. He wanted those things to crumble. He had a purpose in that. So let him. If he's not guarding this, you don't need to be guarding it either. And when I say that, he's like, hey, they stay awake in vain. And some of us, we're sleeping on the job. Some of us aren't staying awake and guarding what God has given us. Instead, we're allowing other people to come and take from it. We're allowing the enemy to come and take from it. Maybe even we're taking from it. We're not guarding it. We are sleeping on the job instead of protecting what God has anointed, protecting what God has given us. If God has blessed you with something, go ahead and put, let, allow him to be able to guard it and you stop opening up the gate for every kind of trespasser. God protects what he builds, y'all. He always has and he always will. But are you protecting what God has built? This is where I was talking about your responsibility meeting his sovereignty. Be watchmen, be on guard. 
If it's foolish not to protect what God has assigned to you. Building and battling go hand in hand. This is a stout word that I'm excited to read to you guys from Nehemiah. If you don't know much about Nehemiah, he obviously rebuilt the wall. And all the people had a job in it. They had all kinds of, I mean, all kinds of people were in collaboration with this. And so if you'll read, I want you guys to read on your own. It's a lot of verses. And I feel like more throughout this podcast, I want for you guys to be able to go look in the word of God yourself. Um, recently, I met people. I've met a few people, I mean, over this traveling, right? Like we've gone East Texas last weekend. We were pretty much in New Mexico. I think we we're like 14 miles from New Mexico. And so it's just like we're going to all these places and we're meeting all these different people and all these different denominations and all these different churches. And it's been so in, enlightening for me, who is kind of small town USA, only with my friends all the time. You know, God sitting me out in this season has allowed me to see things through his eyes a lot differently. And so anyway, um, uh, a good a friend of mine actually came to this conference that I was at last time and she um, had her phone. She's big on her, her Bible app. She's big on that. And there was no service in this church. Like, I mean, zero bars, nothing's coming in, nothing's going out, zero. Well, the whole time we're sitting at this, you know, event at this church, she can't look up any scripture. And I'm like, that's not good. And so she brought a Bible, but she just doesn't know how to get in it, right? Like, and and I think a lot of us, like I just got a new Bible. It's like going on a first date with some sticky pages, but the thing is, like, her, I told her, I said, dude, your kids, they they see you on Facebook. They see you shopping that your online grocery list. So even though you're on the Bible, they don't look they don't look at it like you're on the Bible. They just look at it like mama's on their phone. And one day you might need something in the pages of this thing. You're going to have to come live. So if any of you are listening right now and you're just intimidated to get in the Word, go get in the Word. Go get in the Word. Go buy you a Bible today. Order one on Amazon. Whatever you got to do, make sure it has red letters. That is one thing that I would definitely needs to be a must. And I would definitely get a new King James Version. I would make sure that the version has the right verses. Anyway, I don't know how I got off on that, but somebody need to hear that. But back to Nehemiah. So I'm going to talk about these verses, but I want you to go read them. Nehemiah chapter 4, 6 through 20. Go read it for yourself. Go dive into the Word of God yourself. Go allow Holy Spirit to minister to you. But what it says is, you know, roundabout, um, just kind of short version, is about the builders. And he's like, look, when people were coming against them, like it was this wall was going up, things were getting put together. The builders knew that people were about to come and attack them and they were going to try to destroy what God was using them to build, right? The new wall. And so when you think about this, it's like, okay, now they're like on watch. They're like, we don't want to slow down building it because it's got to go ahead and get up. We can't retreat. We can't flee. We can't, you know, deflect from the assignment at hand. But yet we know people are about to come against us. So you know what they did? They built with one hand and they held a sword in the other. They kept pressing on for the task at hand and they stood guard against the enemy at the same time. And so, man, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, what are we building? And the Lord just revealed to me this about Nehemiah. And so I'm like, we have to spiritually fight while we are spiritually building, while we are, while we are growing, while, while we are pursuing God, while we are gaining relationship with him, while we are, you know, going ahead and straight up walking in the purpose. We are persevering with what we're assigned to. We also have to spiritually fight. 
And so what is our sword? We know Ephesians 6, 17. It says the last part of the armor of God. The sword is the word of God. The sword is how we not only get instructions on how to build, who to build with, and what to build, but we also are able to fight off the enemy because that is our weapon. What God builds will always bring about opponents, y'all. We got an adversary. We got an enemy. His name's Satan. He's got minions. He's got demons. And they're always going to be trying to cut down what God is building up. They're going to try to to duplicate it, to mock it, to imitate it, and make it evil. And so using the word of God, knowing that that's what sustained us, knowing that's how we fight the enemy, it's a must. So may we all be like Nehemiah's builders. And while we are constructing, we are also protecting. These verses also remind us not to be overconfident that we can build great, fulfilling lives on our own. We need God. We need his word to be able to accomplish these things. Because y'all, unless God is involved, it's done in vain and our efforts are flushed and easily destroyed. Let's all decide, me included, let's decide today to ask him what he wants us to build, how he wants to build it, and let's guard it in a way that is suitable to him. Let's protect it like it matters the way that it actually does matter. If people come in and they start talking down to us or making us feel intimidated or talking us out of what we know God's asking us to build, may we fight against that. Not with words, but in the spiritual realm, through prayer and say, you know what, I'm not going to give up on this because I know God's asking me to build it. Think about if Noah quit building the ark every single time somebody made fun of him, dude. Like, we'd all be shot, right? But no, he stood on guard and he kept being persistent and he kept executing what he was asked to do. As we get orders and desires in our heart from God, let's labor, y'all. Let's produce, not just consume. Like, if you are listening right now and you're just like, you know, I don't really know what God wants me to build, ask him. Ask him what your assignment is right now. Ask him what it is. Man, I've been in some verses lately, and I just, it's coming to me, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. But in John chapter 2, Jesus actually performs the very first miracle that's known ever. And it was at a wedding banquet. And he actually, it wasn't even his time, really, but his mama told him to. And you know, when the mamas be telling you to do something, you do it. And so she, Mary tells him, like, she tells all the servants, she's like, hey, go back there, listen to him. He's going to do it because they ran out of wine. They ran out of what was at the, at the banquet, at the party, at the feast, at the wedding. And she knew Jesus could come up with something, right? She knew who he was. But I want to tell you, Jesus performed that very first miracle for the servants, not for the ones being able to be onlookers and just at the party. The servants are the one that got to witness what he did with those wineskins, being filled all the way to the top with the best wine. It was the ones that are there serving. And so many of us are wanting assignments. We're wanting miracles. We're wanting things to to build in our life, but we're not willing to serve him. We're not willing to serve him. And I'm not saying that you need to serve God because you want to get something in return. What I'm saying is you need to serve God because you are the miracle in the first place. Your salvation is the miracle that he's already produced first. And so it's like, yeah, I want to serve you. And when you serve him, you get the benefit just like those people did. What God does not build takes away our time from what he does want us to build. 
going back to Noah, y'all, if Noah spent all those years building a house instead of a boat, where would we be? He had to stay in God's will. He had to hear his direction. Otherwise, he would have not succeeded and been destroyed. If he would have built the wrong thing, the same amount of rooms, same amount of wood, everything. But if it wouldn't have been what God told him to be, what it would be, then it wouldn't have been a boat, right? Maybe you've had times like this in your life, and maybe even right now with work, and you're just working and working and working and working, and yet you're miserable and defeated, but you have nothing to show for it. Ask yourself, is God hand, is this even God's will for me? Or am I doing this because I think that I'm supposed to? Am I doing this because of my retirement I've already have invested? If I'm doing this because my best friend still works here? I don't know what that is for you, but I want you to know, like, if you're in constant defeat, man, ask God, is this what you really want for me? It's a choice to give God control and trust in what he is building. You choose to be steadfast. You choose to protect what he's using you to build. If you're unsure of what God's plan is, y'all, just ask him. He'll reveal it. Proverbs 16, 9 is such an awesome verse. And I hope that it just benefits you to remind you to let God give you the blueprint, y'all. Let God give you the blueprint for what he wants to build in you. Then just go build it as his word says to. Proverbs 16, 9 said, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Ask God, say, show me where my feet need to go today. Show me what you want me to build today. Then go build it, protect it, and know that he will be with you. I want to end real quick with one verse in Psalms 128. I told y'all I'm on this first date with this new Bible. I can't, it'd be taking me forever to find these verses in this thing, but it's going to be used. It's been used already in these short amount of days, so... All right, Psalms 128, 1 through 2. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. When you do what God says to do, y'all, your labor will make you happy. Just because it's hard, you're still going to have joy. Just because you're tired, you're still going to feel like your, your purpose is being fulfilled. So ask him, seek him. Reflect on yourself today, God. God, what am I building? And am I building it for you? Or am I building it in vain? Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Be sure to go on our website or Facebook page just to see where I'm speaking at next. we got some really cool places, some really good churches coming up. It's been an awesome ride. We also got some different merch out on the website. So go check that out. And I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Go share this podcast with somebody that you love. Bye.